It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles again, if you would, turn to Psalm and chapter 34, Psalm 34, and we're just going to read verse 8. Now, if you listened uh, yesterday morning, you'll realize this, uh, while I'm using this particular verse as a text this morning, really my text is the entire first book of Psalm, uh, of the Psalms, which would be um, Psalms 1 through 41. And this thought is really a result of kind of a survey and some ongoing study that I'm doing in this book. We're dealing this week with the triumph of trust. The triumph of trust. Let's go ahead and read our text, or this text verse here, Psalm 34, 8. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Now, as I showed you yesterday, I went through a list, some things that took me some time to really see. And we went almost chapter by chapter and showed kind of a, a little snapshot of maybe what a particular psalm implied about trust. But as I said, we begin to trace the psalmist steps throughout throughout the book, and we find that everything he hits, every situation he comes across, no matter what it is, we find him falling back on trusting in the Lord or referring to that thought. And we begin to realize that trust in the psalmist's life, now the majority of these psalms are written by David, but not all of them. There's a couple, I believe, anonymous psalms here in the first book, but it is mostly Davidic, and we find David constantly referring to this thing of trust. We find it was something that made up the very whole of, we could say, his emotional stability in a lot of ways. The very way he was able to stand against all pressure that was put against him was always coming back to this one thought. I begin to think, why is that? Why is it that the, he could constantly fall back on that? How is it that he was able to go through all the different things that he went through and seemed to maintain or, or stay as solid as a rock? Now, if you, as you begin looking in history throughout you know, the Kings and the Chronicles, where you begin reading of David, you, you see him and we know he faltered for a time there in sin with Bathsheba and, and uh, killing Uriah, some of those things. But as you look over the, the majority of his life, you find him going through all kinds of different situations. You find him at the very beginning there with the, the, um, the story everybody's heard, David and Goliath, and he, he fights him there. And you, you find him telling others that, you know, he's been cursing our God God's going to take care of this. He, there, You find him already then trusting in God. You find him running from Saul later on in his life. 
You find it. Well, you find him even before that. You find him keep, keep taking care of sheep, then fighting the giant, then running from Saul. Then God makes him king, and then you find him get um, obtaining deliverance from their enemies, the Philistines and uh, others. And and then you find, as you begin to trace his life some more, God begins to judge him for some sin in his life, and he has family problems. He has kingdom problems. He, he, there's always these battles being fought. There, there's others that have turned against him. All these things he goes through. And see, in, in all these historical books, all you're really seeing is the outside of the man. And it's amazing how constant he seems to stay in all those times. But as we bring our attention here to the Psalms, you'll find that this gives us not so much a, a snapshot to the outside of a man, but to the snapshot of the inside of the man. Now we know the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart, and we begin to get somewhat of a snapshot inside of David David's personal, private, devotional life. Uh, a snapshot into some of his prayers towards God. And through all this, we begin to see that his reliance is in Christ alone. It's in God. And that is what gives him the strength that he needed to stand. Now, what is it that makes that so great? How is it that that gave him so much strength? As I began to reflect on that just a little bit, this is what, begin to come to my mind. These are some things I believe that can help us as we go on with God. This is what gives triumph to our trust. I want you to notice, first of all, the object of our trust. The object of our trust. I don't want to take the time to go do it again, but as we begin reading through the different references to trust in the first section of Psalms, the first book of Psalms, we'll find constantly he's saying, trust in Him, referring to God, or trust in the Lord, trust in God, my hope's in Him. He, he, he uses phrases at times like, he, he is my stay, He is my strength, He is my defense, He is my rock. And we begin to find that the, the object of David's trust was not something physical, but something spiritual. Not something, but someone. And that is God. You see, that's what made David's trust so secure. What is it that people seem to trust in nowadays? A lot of people, I think, they, they trust in their ability. You know, I... Whatever it is, you know, whatever we come come across, I'm going to be able to figure some way out of this, one way or another. I mean, it's just going to, you know, I'm going to be able to get through this. I can find a way to get out of out of my, my problems. A lot of people trust in really the same thing, but people trust in their own self-sufficiency to deal with life's problems and everything that they encounter. There are those that they trust in their finances They've got a big bank account and they feel that they are prepared for whatever is going to come down life's way to them. There are some, they, they trust in their friends. They know if they hit hard times, they've got friends that are going to show up. They're going to help them. They're going to be there when they need it. There's others, they trust in their own reason, ability to figure out a way out of their problems. 
There's some, they just trust in luck, really, or blind chance. You'll hear them saying, you know, we'll make it out of it somewhere. Now, the things always work out somehow. There are some people, and how foolish they are, but that trust in the government. We see a push today for that. There are some, they just trust in the traditions that they've always held. We could go on and on and on in different things that people trust in. There are those that trust in false gods to get them to heaven. There are those that trust in their own works to get them to heaven. And we could go on and on and on and on. What is it that makes the Christians trust any different from those things? You see, all those things there, they're going to fail. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what situation life's going to put you through where all of a sudden that money is just not making it. You think of Job. His friends left him. Even his wife turned her back on him for a while, told him, curse God and die. We find David in chapter 41 speaking of his own familiar friend whom he had trusted turning against him. Friends, they're, they're, they're not something we can trust in and rely always on. Ability, it's God-given. It may be taken away at some point. Some people trust in luck. Well, what happens when you start getting a streak of bad luck? The government, we all know, fails. You see, all those things, they, they're not sufficient. They're not able. What makes our trust so much different, what, what puts so much more... I don't know what word to use sufficiency and ability into this. What what gives us so much confidence and peace is not in the action of us trusting, but in the object of our trust. You see, if your trust is in anything other than God, or if it's in God and this thing or that thing, you're not really going to be sitting too pretty when life's troubles come. What made the difference for the psalmist was that the only object, the sole object of his trust was on God alone. We begin to find some comparisons. In Psalm chapter 10, he begins talking about the wicked talks about how the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Uh, he has said in his heart, I shall not be moved for I shall never be in adversity. He goes through thinking, you know, God's not going to deal with him. What we find is that the wicked, their, their trust is in themselves. We, we find self-trust. It's going to fail them. In Psalm chapter 20, we find the verse, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of our Lord, if, if I'm remembering exactly how it quotes. As I've already referred to Psalms 40 or 41, David refers to his own familiar friend whom he had trusted that fails him. See, you have this, this a contrast throughout, throughout this book 
Whereas all these others, they're trusting in this, or in this thing, or in that thing. But the psalmist, he's got something that cannot fail. You see, everything else that you try to put your trust in, it may hold up for a little bit, but eventually it's going to fail. It will not be sufficient for all of life's problems. But here we find that God, He'll never fail. What makes trust so great is the object of it. It is God. It is God all the way. And you see, my God, He cannot fail. As you go through, and I wish I could have compiled this better. I really ran out of time, and I've tried and tried and tried to dig and dig and dig. There's so much packed in here. But you begin looking, and, and the psalmist begins giving a description of God, giving us some of the character of God, giving us some of the personality of God, giving us some of the qualities of God. We find that He is all-powerful. I can't remember which psalm it is from all the reading I've been doing, but there, there's one psalm that just reflects on his power over and over and over and over again, showing how, how, how strong he is, how able he is. That there's nothing that can stop him from intervening in a situation. He's all-knowing. He knows what we're going through. He's all-sufficient. There is not a single trial a single issue that we can come across that he will not be able to deal with. He's everlastingly faithful. You see, it's not just for a limited time that we can trust in him. It's for all eternity from everlasting to everlasting. He's God. He always will be God. Our trust will never have to fail in him. We have the promise of his word and that he is true to his word. So we have promises that won't fail. We know that he loves us with an unconditional love. You see, we've got more confidence in trusting in God than even the psalmist had. You see, when the psalmist wrote this, it was in the time period of the law. We now live in the time period of grace. We've been made the king's sons and daughters. We have the promises of His Word. We have the understanding of His love. You see, what makes this so great is that the object of our trust is impossible to fail. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.